Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the word-giving, insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now, on to today's message. Kevin, for the next six weeks, he's actually away on sabbatical. Now, that is not another word for vacation. Uh, You see, Pastor Kevin, for the last eight to ten years, he's done a lot in ministry. And ministry is more than just standing on a platform and being a talking head. Um, I wish that we could just snap our fingers and everything just work smoothly. But Pastor Kevin, over the last 10 years, he's launched two different, two brand new churches, launched a new campus, helps campus pastors and church planners across this area. And for him, and he got a lot of coaching and other mentors says, hey man, you need to take a sabbatical. You need to take time off to replenish, to refuel, to be refreshed. Because if you don't now, you'll regret it later. Because the truth is, Pastor Kevin's doing great. You know, he's like, man, I'm the best emotionally and physically, spiritually that I've been ever. But if I don't take the sabbatical now, it'll, I'll fall apart later. Uh, so over the next six weeks, uh, he is not going to be here. Uh, you may see him on introducing a speaker because we're going to have a live speaker every single week. Uh, it will not just be me. It will be other awesome, talented communicators that we have here at Thrive. So you do not want to miss this series called The Replenished Soul. And also, one thing that we value here at Thrive is missions. We love getting to uh, do outreach here in our community, but also abroad internationally. And one of, and one of our mission teams, they're actually uh, doing fundraising. They're raising funds because guess what? It costs money to fly across water. I mean, I know who, who knew. But one thing they're doing to kind of help compensate those funds is they're selling some new mission trip t-shirts. Now, we have done this for the last two years, and I'm not going to lie to you. They're some one of my favorite shirts I get to wear anywhere I go. Uh, I didn't wear one today because I'm just going to sweat through it and it does not matter. But in the back, there's a white table. Now, you probably walked by it. Now, we strategically put it in your way. So that way, when you leave, if you don't get one, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to guilt you into it, but you have no choice but to walk by it. So today, stop by, get information, see how you can support uh, what God's doing. Because for us, we do this so that we can go and help people tangibly experience God's love. Again, not just not here, not just locally, but this is abroad. Uh, one of our teams is our Nicaragua team. So again, see how you can be a part and invest in this team and what they're doing. So if you would turn with me when your copies of God's Word is to Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 25. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 25. A few months ago, uh, I was on a plane. Now, I don't know if you knew this about me, but I absolutely hate flying. I remember the first time I flew, no one told me about cabin pressure. No one told me that your ears were going to hurt, that your head felt like it was going to explode. I think I spent $70 in the airport terminal, 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 terminal. Hey man, this is a good day. But on Skittles and Starburst, I had my hands full of Skittles and Starburst because I was so sick of my head hurting. I just had to get relief. So if you go flying, if you say, I've never flown before, don't listen to all the hype. It will hurt and it's kind of painful. Okay? Movies lie to you. It is, people can't just have natural casual conversations. But in that moment, while I'm on that flight, if you were to take like a, if you were to zoom out and you were to look at that plane in the moment while I was in the air, that thing is flying like 440 miles per hour. And I'm just imagining this thing flying and you got the but on the inside of the plane, man, I'm hanging out. 
I got the AC turned blast right on my face. My headphones are plugged in and I'm binging Netflix like no tomorrow. So the outside is chaotic. It's bananas. On the inside, oh, it is nice. It is relaxed. Got my complimentary Coca-Cola, my bag of pretzels, and I'm just chilling. But see, for us, that's how we want our life to be. Because for, I don't know about you, but for me, life is crazy. Life is chaotic. So much going on. Appointments, meetings. i got to go do this. And hey, you know, today after church, I've got to go uh, to the grocery store because there ain't nothing to eat in my house. And i got to figure out what I'm going to eat for dinner. i got to figure out what I'm going to eat for lunch. So we have this rushed life. But the truth is, and I hope it's true for you and for me, that we don't want to have this, that same chaotic turmoil on the inside as we do on the outside. I want us to get to a place where we live in calm, with peace. And I don't talk about this really feely, emotional peace. This is not like one of those little feel-good sermons just tickle ears. But it's to encourage us to desire God's peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. For me personally, I I lived in Georgia... And while there, I was on staff at a church. I was a youth pastor slash associate pastor slash whatever they wanted me to do. And it was a volunteer role. So I did all this work for free. It was great. Don't ever do that. And, but while I did that, I also worked a full-time job. I managed an office. Uh, we were a company. We sold uh, faucets and sinks to countertop companies. It was not glamorous, but it paid the bills. But I had all this going on. So pretty much like 60 to 70 hours a week spent just doing those two roles. Then I was married had a newborn baby girl, so pretty much I was losing hair and sleep all at the same time. And I came to this place where a lot of people just call it burnout. And I remember, I fell into this trap of this hurried life, of the chaos, that it wasn't just around me, it was in me, of this internal agony. And it was no one's fault but my own. It wasn't the church, the church was awesome, the people were great, but it was me. I remember I was on the phone one Wednesday night. I was talking to my wife. I was outside in the parking lot. I can remember it just like it was yesterday. And it was such a loving conversation. It went something like this. I hate my life. I hate this church. I'm tired of it. I want to walk in, drop my keys, and walk out. See you later. Love you. Bye. Hung up. Then I went in and preached. It's so easy for us to fall and become a victim of this. So I want us to look at Jeremiah 2.25. And what we find, you have Jeremiah give you some context and backstory. Jeremiah was a prophet that was raised up by God to the Israelites. Now the Israelites, we just, we're, you thought it was over. We just got finished talking about a series of Moses and how God brought the Israelites out of captivity in Egypt. Nope, we're still here today. And what's happened, since then, they began to pursue false gods, false idols. And because of that, they were taken into Babylonian captivity, Babylonian exile. Which is a very politically correct way of saying they were taken forcibly from their land and enslaved to live there and work there and be there. Without option, without choice. And then we have Jeremiah, who God raised up to be his mouthpiece. And this is what he said to them there in chapter 2, verse 25. And this is 2,700 years ago. Slow down. Take a deep breath. What's the hurry? Why wear yourself out? Just what are you after anyway? But you say, I can't help it. I'm addicted to alien gods, foreign gods. I can't quit. 
So again, the children of Israel, they're pursuing false gods, chasing after them, and it become their addiction. So they could not stop. And for them, these were false idols made of wood or gold or metal. And today, we probably are not facing that. We're probably not trying to get to Costco to get molding gods on sale in bulk. But I believe that Satan, our enemy, has tricked us into having us chase after a hurried life. That we've been deceived into being more wanting to have a busy life, a hurried life, a packed life. That we think it's normal. That you might be thinking right now about all the stuff you've got to do today. And it's stressing you out. And I say that because earlier I was thinking about all I needed to do today. And it was stressing me out. But what if God's saying to us today, the same thing Jeremiah said to the Israelites, to slow down. Take a deep breath. What are you going after anyway? When was the last time you just sat in silence? And when I say silence, I'm not referring to you trying to figure out what you're going to watch on TV. I'm not referring to you sitting in traffic, waiting for the light to turn green. I'm not referring to you sitting around wondering what's happening on social media. What did I miss out on? I'm referring to just enjoying the moment. Not thinking about what's next. Just sitting in in peace. In calmness. And the big idea today, because I'm going to talk a lot and you're going to remember very little. That's how preaching works, right? If I ask you what Kevin preached on last week, you say, let me find my notes. But here's what I want you to walk away with. A hurried life, a hurried soul, has more to do with what's happening inside of us than what's happening around us. A hurried life, a hurried soul, has more to do with what's happening inside of us than what's happening around us. Because life is always going to be chaotic. Life is always going to be busy. But the question is, do we allow that chaos to disrupt the peace that God wants us, the peace that God wants us to have? The peace that God wants us to live by. And by peace, I mean His peace that surpasses understanding. That even when life is hitting you square in the face on the nose, you're still, you know what? It's still going to be okay because God's faithful. God is trustworthy. God will provide. God will give me strength. He will guide me through it. Because for all of us, we face this. It's like this, this crossroads. Maybe for you today, your turmoil and hurriedness is really not that big of a deal. Maybe it's the fact that Friday your child came home from school with that note that they had been stealing pencils instead of borrowing them and then throwing them at a student. Or maybe for you, the turmoil that you're facing today is the fact that that check engine light came on. Your car is making that really funny noise and you don't have time this week to get that thing checked out, let alone find the money for it. Or maybe for you, the tension is a strained marriage where you're trying to find peace but trying to face it all and still face it together and slowly breaking apart. Where do we need to allow the peace of God to intervene, to step in? Because a calm soul, a calm life, means that even when things are happening around us, even when it seems like it's breaking apart, we're still held together.
Again, it's not because of our own strength. Because here's the truth. We're going to come to the end of ourselves. We are not all that in a bag of chips. We will end up weak. But our God is strong. And our God is present. And I want to encourage you today that no matter what you're facing, no matter what turmoil, God is with you and God is for you. He will never leave you nor forsake you as Scripture says. So I want us to take a look at this other passage of Scriptures. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 16. And what we have, we see these two disciples, they're walking to another city, they're leaving Jerusalem, and they are two disciples, two followers of Jesus, and this is after Christ has been crucified, but also, what I love, the fact is after he was resurrected. So let's jump in, and this is what these few verses says. That same day, two of them, the two disciples, were walking to the village Emmaus, about seven miles out of Jerusalem. They were in deep conversation going over all the things that had happened. And that's referring to the Christ being handed over, betrayed, his crucifixion, and his death. In the middle of their talk and questions, Jesus came up and walked along with them. How wild would that be? Here they are talking. Just imagine, put yourself on that dirt road, walking in the heat of the day, kind of like today. And you're talking about, man, Jesus dead. He's gone, man. Our Messiah is dead. There's no way. It's over. What are we going to do now? And then Jesus comes strolling up. But pay attention to this last part of the verse. But they were not able to recognize who he was. How many times do we find ourselves like those two disciples talking about the chaos of the moment? The stuff we're traveling, stuff we're facing, stuff we're going through. And we completely miss God being with us. We completely miss that he's guiding us, that he's directing us. We focus so much on what's going on around us, we forget that God is for us. We get so busy, we miss what I would call the sweet parts of life. Just enjoying God's creation. The fact, again, half of you, as you walked up, I was just excited to see the sunshine today. And I truly mean that. It's not just something I say. I've missed the sunshine. But today I want us to walk through. I want to give us tools. Because here's the truth, man. I've been, as I have literally been prepping for this message, I've been challenged by this message. Because my life has been in turmoil. Externally. For the last week and a half. It's been complete chaos and it's been bananas. And then I have to sit here and preach this. So understand, when I'm sharing this with you, we're traveling this journey together. I do not have it all together. I, too, am trying to uh, stop living a hurried life. So here's some tools. Here's three things that we need to start doing so we can live the calm life, the life that is centered in God's peace and not in our turmoil. The first thing we have to do is we have to be intentional with our time. We need to be intentional with our time. Psalms chapter 90 verse 12 says, Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. When we value the preciousness of life, it gives us wisdom because it means that we need to make every moment count. Because you can control your schedule, but you don't have to be a slave to your schedule. All the appointments, all the things to do, it's your time, it's your schedule. See, me, naturally, I'm a scheduler. I'm a routine guy. I have a specific spoon at my house for ice cream. I have a specific spoon at my house for cereal. I have a specific bowl for cereal. I am that. Even if I want to crack an egg, I have to use a specific type of bowl because it has the right edge so the eggshell won't bust into... Listen, but here's the thing. I struggle with this. 
I, was, I can make a schedule. I'll put meetings. But here's what happens. I'll make my meetings and I'll schedule the wrong thing at the wrong time. Because everything for me comes down to three categories. I have family time. I have thrive time. And then I have Keith time. And I believe all of us, we fall into the same category. We have our family time, people that we need to be spending time with, people that we need to make priority. So me, I try once a week, and I say I try. Um, typically, when you hear a preacher say that, you think he does it every week. When I say I try, I mean I'm good if I do this twice a month, just to be completely real. But I try to schedule at least one hour a week with quality time with my wife and daughter. To go for a walk, to just go hang out, to do something fun together, something quality, something we can make a memory out of. And then for me, I have Thrive Time. Now for you, that would be your work time because I love what God has allowed me to do here at Thrive, what I get to do. But we all have to work. We all work. We all have jobs. We have bills to pay. That's life. So now a lot of you, you don't get to build that schedule. Your boss tells you when you have to clock in, when you get to clock out. Sadly, that you don't get to control. But you get to decide when you spend time with your family. And then for me, my third category is Keith time. This is my favorite time because I'm selfish. I'm not going to lie. But for me, that's time that, that I invest in myself. I want to grow emotionally, spiritually, physically. I want to have time where I want to make sure I'm emotionally healthy. I want to make time, I'm making time to spend time with the Lord. Spend time reading His Word. Read time, spend time in prayer. Time in relationship with Him. And me, I, I want to take care of what God's given me as, as my body. I want to take care of myself physically. I want to try to eat the right things. I don't. I ate a, little, a big old pack of Reese's Pieces last night before I went to bed. It was the worst decision I made all day. But I want to. I want to strive. I want to be intentional with my time. And I challenge you. Be intentional. Figure out I want you to do this week. Pick three hours. Because some of you, you're not like me. You don't schedule every minute of the day. And that's cool. But I want you to find one hour this week to spend quality time with a family member or with a close friend, whoever it is that you need to spend time with. A spouse, your child. One hour. That's it. I want you to take, again, work. Work is work. But I want you to find another hour to spend just with the Lord. A time for you. A time to rest. A time to breathe. And see, for me, that's the hardest time for me to find. Because I put everything else in front of me. I'm like, ah, I'll get to it later. Ah, I'll take care of Keith later. Ah, I will survive another week. But the thing is, we keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And then we neglect ourselves. And you find yourself in the same place I was in Georgia, ready to quit the whole shebang and be done with it. Be intentional with your time. If you want to stop living a hurried life, if you want to live a calm life, one that has peace, even though it's chaos and turmoil around you, you've got to be intentional with your time. The second action that you have to do, that you have to put into place into your life, is you have to be thankful for the people in your life. Be thankful for those you get to share life with. And I'm not going to lie, this is probably going to be a short list. Because not everyone puts wind in your sails. Some people kind of, I guess, tear your sails and try to deflate you. I remember for me, when I was, that time in Georgia, out of my best bud, Eddie, who lived in North Carolina, he drove all the way to Georgia to hang out, and I laid everything out before him. I told him every harsh thing, everything that was inside of me, because he, he was completely unbiased. And you know what? He didn't judge me. He didn't hate me. He didn't just tell me, Keith, you just got to have more faith and pray more. He validated what needed to be validated. And called me out on the stuff where I was being unwise and an idiot. We need people like that in our life. 
People that will call us out, but that will encourage us and love us through, no, through every situation. And I challenge you, just as probably as I've been talking about that, you may have been thinking of someone. Someone probably popped in your head. You're like, yeah, Carl was that for me. I want you to reach out, shoot him a text this week. And listen, I know it's kind of weird if you're a guy to text another guy and say, I love you, man, especially if you've never done that. So if you're the first to tell your friend, I love you, just be prepared. It might get weird. But just tell much you appreciate him. Say, thank you for always being there for me. That's all you got to say. Just be thankful for the people that you have in your life. The Apostle Paul was thankful for those that were in his life. When you read a letter he wrote to the church in Thessalonica, it is there in chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. It says, We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope that you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul had people in his life that he had to thank, that he shared life with, that he did ministry with. Who are those for you? Who do you need to reach out to? Now, you may be sitting there thinking, Keith, I really don't have that. Then I would say find new friends. And I'll tell you this, shameless plug, the best way to find friends at Thrive Church is to sign up for a small group. You can stop by our Connection Center. and Because again, for us, to be in, for us to live this calm life, we need people to sharpen us, to be there for us. Because turmoil will happen, and we need people that we can lean on. So if we want to live a calm life and leave the hurried life, we've got to be intentional with our time. We have to be thankful for the people that we have in our life. And the third action, and this is a little bit heavier, we need to be aware of how fleeting life is. Of how precious life is. Because see, the more aware we are, the more we can be intentional. The easier it is to be intentional. Because I don't know about you, but there's this, I heard about this app. It's, and it's really, really unique. It's called We Croak. We Croak, like a frog or like a... We Croak. And here's what it does. Five times a day, it sends you a notification. And that notification simply says, don't forget, one day you'll die. And then you swipe right and it gives you a really encouraging quote or poem that you can read about how to be present today. How wild is it that in today's time, in the society that we live in, we have to be reminded that we're not promised tomorrow. We are so focused on what's next, what's happening tomorrow, that we have to be reminded, oh yeah, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this place. We get so wrapped up. We think we have plenty of time. But the truth is, we don't know how much time we have. And for me, I want to make it count. I don't want to waste the day. You see, today's June 3rd, 2018. And there will never be another June 3rd, 2018. This is it. This is the only one we get. And I want to make the most of it. And again, as we understand that life is so precious... That it is fleeting. It really will make us be intentional with our time. It causes us to be thankful for the people that we have in our life. Because we get so busy. And it's so easy to get caught up and tripped up. And I love that Jesus said, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough worries of its own. 
And for me, I have to hold dear to that because again, I'm a planner. And if I if I don't if I if that slips out of my head, if I forget that, I'll be so focused on tomorrow that I neglect right now. I neglect today. And when I neglect today, that's a very general term meaning I'm going to neglect myself. I'm going to neglect my family, and I'll probably neglect a task or two, and and something will fall through the crack. Today you may be saying to yourself, say, Keith, I'm going and living at an insane pace. I want to encourage you. God wants you to live with peace. About a year ago, I was, uh, I was, sometimes I like go and do stuff by myself because I'm an introvert. I don't like a lot of people, which is kind of weird because I'm doing this. And I was eating, I was at Westchester Commons, I was eating at Buffalo Wild Wings, B-dubs, and I was killing some wings. And afterwards, I walk out to the parking lot, and I just, and God began to speak to me, and it was, it was kind of this crazy moment for me personally. And I'm a prepared guy, so I actually have a camping chair that I leave in the back of my vehicle, just because you never know when you need a chair. You know, I'll go shopping somewhere with Lauren, and I don't want to go shopping, so I'll just pull out my chair, and I'll sit there like a weird guy in the parking lot. And so I did that. I pulled my chair out. I sat there like the weird guy in the parking lot, completely empty. And I just sat there, and I, and again, I'm not a feely guy. I'm not an emotional guy. So when I say this, I say this with the utmost manliness. I just sat there and watched the clouds. I sat there and just enjoyed God's creation. I sat there and enjoyed the moment. I wasn't thinking about the tasks I had to do. I wasn't thinking about the, the grass that I had to mow. I wasn't thinking about the house that had to get cleaned, the errands that had to I just enjoyed the moment. And I want to tell you that you can have that. Now, when I say that, I don't mean you can just go find a, find a chair and sit and watch the clouds. I mean, you can have peace that surpasses understanding. You can have joy in God that nothing and no circumstance situation can quench and just squash. And it's not because of us. Because we don't have it, but our Creator does. And He cares for you. He loves you. He loves me. He cares for me. And He wants you to enjoy Him. He wants you to live a life of one of peace. As Paul as they were in prison, they still sing praises to God. Another time he was beaten and stoned and dragged out of the city for preaching the gospel. He got up and get, went right back at it. Jesus, before he was handed over and betrayed, said, God, not my will, but your will be done. He had a moment where he came to peace with what God had called him to do. Sometimes peace, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be okay. It means you're going to get through it. I want to encourage you today to be intentional with your time. Be thankful for those you have in your life because life is fleeting. We are not promised tomorrow. We don't know when it's going to be over. And I want to make today count. You see, when I leave here today, I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to my daughter's dance recital. I'm going to sit there and my phone's going to be silent and this building could be on fire but my eyes are going to be on that stage because I'm going to invest time, quality time in my little girl and watch her twirl and spin and she might kick another kid in the head but that's okay. You can have a life of peace but it's not by accident. Be intentional with your time. Be thankful for those that are in your life because life is fleeting. If you would pray with me.
God, we thank you for this day. God, you hold our lives in your hand. You are our creator. You care for us. You love us.